Warren Buffett, BlackRock, and other institutional players dominate investments in commercial aviation. Why? Because it's one of the most profitable and predictable alternative assets that exists. And it's not tied to other markets such as real estate and the stock market. Is it safe? Well, imagine triple net leases to the likes of American Airlines and British Airways. Income is contractual and guaranteed by some of the biggest named airlines in the world. That's why this kind of investment was never available to the ordinary accredited investor. That is until now. Visit accesswealthaviation.com and check it out for yourself. Invest in an institutional team with over 200 plus years of combined investment experience in the aviation sector. Conservative investing with double digit returns and tax advantages. That's accesswealthaviation.com. Accesswealthaviation.com. You are listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. Get ready to change your life. Welcome, everybody. This is Buck Joffrey with the Wealth Formula Podcast, coming to you from the central coast of California in a place called Montecito, a place where the royal family has moved and Oprah lives. It's a really nice place, actually. I know you. a lot of you are... Uh, sort of anti-California, but I got to tell you, I like living out here. Uh, it's a little crazy politics and all that, but it is sure pretty, I'll tell you that much. Um, before we get started with the show here, I want to remind you that we have this website called wealthformula.com, and that is the home of the podcast itself, the Wealth Formula podcast that you are listening to. It's where you can get a number of resources uh, for free. Free books, free downloads, free webinars. It's also where you can join the Accredited Investor Club. That's where the magic happens. You learn all this stuff. Uh, but unless you actually get involved and put it to work, you're just a groupie. So don't be a groupie. Join Investor Club at WealthFormula.com. Uh, as for today's show, we are going to talk about a topic that is not sexy at all, but critically important. It's probably the topic that amongst the people I talk to on a daily basis, you, the high paid professional, you know, married kids, very successful, making lots of money. It's the one thing that people like you ignore the most. It's called estate planning. And why is it that they ignore estate planning so much? Well, first of all, it's not a very sexy issue, as we've said. After all, who likes to talk about dying anyway? It's kind of a buzzkill, right? Hey, uh, what are you doing for estate planning? It's kind of like saying like, okay, what are you doing to plan for your death? And that's not exciting. You know, it's not like, you know, an investment that's going to make you a bunch of money. It's going to make you rich. You're going to go buy a yacht. No, it's not. It's like, what are you going to do when you die? It's a, uh, it's not, it's not at all fun to talk about, but I got news for you. I got news for you. Eventually you are going to die and you probably, probably won't get to pick when. And I can tell you that as a qualified physician myself, I am of course, uh, not practicing, but I do have a medical degree and I can tell you that right now, Everyone's diagnosis, final diagnosis is death. So 
that's one issue, right? It's not a very uh, fun issue to talk about, so we just ignore it. But the other hesitation that a lot of people seem to have when it comes to estate planning is that it often requires the concept of gifting your assets to a trust or to your children. And of course, when you're 40, 50 years old, and you're just in your prime and you're starting to rock and roll and making lots of money and living it up, you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm not ready to give my stuff away. I mean, shoot, I just got here, right? I mean, I want to have some fun. I'm not giving this to my kids yet, right? Well, here's the thing. This is a little bit of a misconception. A good friend of mine actually had the exact same response uh, when we were hiking uh, together a few weeks ago. Uh, it was basically, well, gosh, I mean, I, I don't want to give it away. Yet. I want I want to use it. I want to have fun. Listen, here's the thing. Gifting an asset to a trust does not mean giving up control. So this idea that somehow if you make these plans, that somehow game over, you've just basically said, I'm dead, take my money. That's just not the case, right? Remember the old dictum. Own nothing, control everything. Well, that's what good estate planning is all about. You really don't need to change much of anything in your life while you're living. You really don't. However, good estate planning will make a world of difference to your loved ones when you die. Okay, so let's let me just illustrate this. Say you uh, you know you've done really well for yourself, um, you know, typical, accredited investor in our group, um, you know, you've got a net worth of five, 10 million bucks and suddenly you pass away and you know, you, you didn't know you were going to pass away, of course. Uh, and so you didn't do any good estate planning. You got kids and guess what? Well, they're not going to see any of that money for a year in California. It might be two years as it goes through a process called probate. And to be clear, a will, a will does not prevent probate. Probate is the judicial probate is the judicial process whereby a will is proved in a court of law. And in California, again, that takes a minimum of two years. And believe me, it's not that much shorter in other parts of the country. So don't think oh, that's just a California problem. No, 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 it's not. And it's really expensive. It can be really, really expensive. So all of a sudden you die, you got kids, and they can't access your money for two years, and they have to pay a bunch of money to get it. Now, do you really want that to happen? That sounds terrible, right? Well, listen, the good news is that avoiding probate is easy. I mean, it's as easy as establishing a you know, living trust and funding that trust with all your assets, and it's really not hard to do. Instead of putting your name, you put your name and living trust. You use the same social security number. It's really easy, okay? So that's the bare minimum you must do, will and trust. Now, if you're one of our typical accredited investors, though, who does uh, – accumulate a fair amount of, 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 of assets over time and you think you might be worth five, 10 million bucks, well, hell, even three million bucks uh, or two million bucks or whatever, you know what? 
uh, you may have to take some additional steps because the estate laws, the estate tax laws are rapidly changing. And if you thought the idea of estate taxes was really only something for people who had, you know, $20 million plus uh, estates, um, you know, you're wrong. You're wrong because you might be in for a rude awakening as new tax legislation is almost certain to come to fruition in the next several years with or without a Biden administration. I'm telling you, you know, people are thinking, oh, it's Biden, Biden. It's not about Biden. You have to look at the country as a whole and you have to ask yourself the question, are taxes going to go up or are they going to go down? They're probably going up. They're probably going up. Look at the mess we're in. Taxes are going to go up. If taxes are going to go up, guess what? Estate taxes are going to have a much lower threshold. Right now, you may not have to worry if you're married uh, for estate taxes until everything after your, you know, 22 million bucks. But man, Bernie, Bernie Sanders wanted it to be 1 million. And the and the the Biden plan, I think, has got it down to like three and a half or something like that. That affects most of our accredited investors in investor club. So you got to take this seriously. Now, again, estate planning is that area that regardless of its minimal sex appeal, I have to tell you, it has to be addressed to preserve your wealth and to keep your family safe. Okay. So don't be short sighted. And there may actually be some significant other benefits, uh, in some of the higher level planning, such as, you know, asset protection, et cetera. So anyway, again, the but the basic idea and the basic premise is you don't want your family dealing with, you know, this kind of mumbo jumbo right after you die. You know, you got to set this up, make it seamless, and it's really easy to do. It won't affect your life. Again, it's good news is you don't have to do a lot. Just make little, you know, adjustments to your finances and it's not very expensive do it once and you can go back to pretending you are immortal. So how do you do it? Well, you are in luck because I've got a great guest on this show today. His name is Joe Longo. He's been on the show before. He is a uh, very well-respected California estate planning attorney. And he is going to talk about estate planning and estate taxes and all the stuff that are relevant to all of you when we come back. Worried about saving too little too late for retirement? The Wealth Accelerator may be exactly what you need. With the help of some of the oldest and most reliable insurance companies in the country, Wealth Accelerator allows you to take most of the upside of any good year in the stock market and use bank loans to magnify those returns significantly. And what if the stock market has a bad year? No need to fear. Wealth Accelerator is engineered so you don't participate in the losses of the market, no matter how bad of a year it is. Sounds too good to be true, right? But it's not. It's simply the same financial engineering that the ultra-wealthy have been doing for years. Now it's your turn. Check it out for yourself by going to WealthFormulaBanking.com. Again, that's WealthFormulaBanking.com. Self-storage is a necessary evil. It's where you keep your stuff and forget about it. No wonder the stuff is so profitable and recession resistant. The Wealth Formula community, well, we've benefited from that. We've made lots of money in this space with Reliant Real Estate, one of the largest self-storage companies in the country. 
with an average investor internal rate of return of almost 34%, with hold times just over three and a half years, these guys know what the meaning of velocity of money is. If you're an accredited investor, make sure to check out what they're up to right now at ReliantFund4.com. Again, that's ReliantFund4.com. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, my guest on Wealth Formula Podcast is estate planning attorney Joseph Longo. Now, for 25 years, Joe has focused on delivering unparalleled service in the area of estate planning, asset protection, and sports, actually. His clients have ranged from businesses to high net worth families and professional athletes. He has taught law school uh, at Los Angeles City College, Mission College, and uh, Pasadena City College. He's currently adjunct professor at Loyola Law School. He's also sat as a judge pro temp in the Los Angeles court system. Joe is an Ivy League guy. He received his BA from Brown University in Rhode Island, where he was a starting defensive back on the Brown University football team in the mid-80s. Joe, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, Buck, for having me. Hey, um, Joe, I got to ask, did, did you play at Brown when this guy, I think he was on the Vikings, I think, Steve Jordan? Oh, good. Yeah. No, he, okay. So it's funny. Uh, he was a little bit ahead of me and um, I, I think I was a senior in high school and I was like a mid-major recruit, like, you know, Washington State, San Diego State, Utah. And my father, who never went to college and lived the American dream, when Brown University came to visit us to talk about going to school there, my dad was really into it. And Brown did a smart move. They had the, the one NFL player call the house, Steve Jordan. So my dad at that point said, look, if you go play in the NFL, you, you got to cover it. But more importantly, you're going to get a good education. And of course, I went there and got a good education. That's so. great. That's great. Yeah, it's funny. I was trying to think actually when I read uh, when I read about the Brown thing, I was like, you know, and I'm I'm such a rabid NFL fan. I've been a Vikings fan since kindergarten, and I and, and Jordan played a, a while ago, but I was he was tight end on the Minnesota Vikings, uh, you know, late yeah. '80s, I think, and um, he was a very good, very good player. Uh, at any rate, it's it's interesting. Just a little side note there. Well, listen, Joe, um, I wanted to uh, you know. I contacted you because, um, you know, we've been on the show before, uh, but, you know, we've got some timely things going on right now with regard to yeah. potential changes in the state law tax, the potential Biden administration, et cetera. However, I do think it's always important, uh, you know, for many new listeners all the time on the show, and it, it always helps to review some of the basic concepts. So if you're okay with that, what I'd like to do is just kind of, you know, brush over some of the basics here. And so why don't you want to, uh, you know, on a, at a high level, just say, for example, what exactly is estate planning? I mean, I know it seems like such a basic question, but you know, I'll tell you what, when I finished surgical residency and started making money for the first time, I had no idea what estate planning meant. So why don't, why don't you just start with a basic definition? Yeah. Well, I always, I always tell clients, I say, look, when you're, you're, you're just coming up and just out of school, you might be able to get away with it. Single, you might be able to get away with it. You're married and you have a joint tenancy on a house. You, that's, I call that a poor man's trust. You might be able to get away with it. But once you have kids, you need, in, in my area of law, you need your dose of medicine. And what that is, is a living trust. And a living trust is, is the entity that will hold all of your assets and it protects your loved ones, your wife, your children, your husband, 
uh, if anything ever happens to you. And that, that really is the key document. Wills are also very helpful, but in today's day and age, it's the living trust is what you want. So, you know, and this is, uh, just to expand on that point, a living trust is not that big of a deal, right? I mean, listen, people think, oh, trust, whatever, but it's a document that's ultimately, you know, it's not like it even has its own tax ID. It's it's just, you know, taking things out of your estate um, and and to and basically putting it in this trust. Tell us why that is important. You know, under the law, um, a living trust is looked upon as a contract, a customized contract by you on where all your assets go when you pass. So the law recognizes what you want and therefore you avoid probate and all the costs and fees that are associated with it. Your family, I should say, avoids probate. Um, and, and things transfer much more smoothly under the law. And then your loved ones are ultimately able to mourn your passing um, and the assets transfer uh, smoothly. And ultimately your estate's resolved in a much quicker, more efficient manner as opposed to the complexities that are involved in probate court. Well, that's and and that's exactly the point I was trying to emphasize here. And I tell people all the time, the living trust is not burdensome at all. But what it does do is in the event that you die, which you will eventually, uh, the the uh, it allows your assets not to be go through probate. Now, for people who don't know what probate is. What is probate and how painful can probate be? I'm le- it's a very leading question, but I, I think this is, this is something that a lot of people just have no clue about. Well, uh, probate is uh, the court overseeing your estate. Now, and, and it doesn't matter that you were married to the decedent. It doesn't matter that you're the child of a decedent. The court is in charge. And that becomes very cumbersome when you can't access any of your father's account because the court's overseeing it. And if you do access the account, you owe the court an accounting and um, the attorney's fees are great. And then in, in, in California and most of the seven Southern California counties where I practice, the wait time for a simple probate that has no objections whatsoever right now is running about a year and a half to two years for me to run assets through a probate, it takes me about a year and a half to two years to get those through into the the heirs or the children or whoever I'm getting it through. The attorney's fees are very expensive. It runs about, you know, around 2% and up of the gross value of what you run. So just take a, a regular million dollar home, uh, your attorney's fees for pushing around paper for a year and a half, two years is going to be about $20,000. Um, there's court costs. There's an appraisal involved. I mean, a simple living trust will run you anywhere from three to $6,000 in most cases. And that includes all the health care directives and everything else. So y- you understand just the fees alone are burdensome on your loved ones. And uh, most people, in my practice, once you explain them what a living trust is, how it helps your loved ones, most people are willing to invest in getting their estate plan set up and not and and being taken care of. You know, well, that, on their past. That's right. And and the 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 thing here to emphasize is, and it's not just California. Of course, you know everybody thinks California is slow and and clunky with everything. They might be right, but this is probate is a, a an issue in every state to a certain degree. So imagine this. If you are, 
you know, you've got a wife uh, or a husband or whatever, uh, and you've got a few kids and you've got a $5 million net worth and, you know, you have a bunch of stuff that's uh, in your name, right? It's in your name. Uh, and all of a sudden you die. And in California, your assets don't go, you know, they're, they're I mean, in any state, they're not going to go directly to your kids just because that makes sense. It's not going to happen. No. So your assets are going to be hung up at minimum in California at two years. And in other states, it's, you know, it's not going to be any shorter than six months to a year, right? Um, and then it's going to cost you a bunch of money. Imagine that your family is going through, you know, this pain of losing you and all of a sudden they don't have any money. It's crazy. So this is exactly why, as Joe's saying, the, the living trust is basic and fundamental. Did I say anything wrong there? No, your analysis is exactly right. And, um, like I said, it, it, it helps your loved ones with the transition. So now this is, uh, the next, the next issue I want to bring up here is that now once you get your living trust, use it, right? This is a, yep. this is something that's, again, something that I see all the time. I've got a will, I've got a living trust, but I'm investing in my personal name. I own my assets, my investments through my personal name. I own my LLCs that you know I'm deploying capital through or have holding companies and they're in my per, they're owned by personal names. So all of those things then should actually be owned by a living trust. Is that correct? That that is the number one problem I see in just over 30 years of practice is people do a trust and then they don't bother putting things in it. And we call that funding the trust. So let's make this clear. It's not what you list in the back of the trust in schedule a that's not in the trust just because it's attached. It's the title of the asset being in the name of the trust is what makes it in the trust. And that's the biggest problem I see is people who do the do it yourself trust through those companies or, or maybe just a, you know, didn't get it done correctly or gathered a bunch of assets after they did the trust and didn't bother, you know, remembering that they were supposed to put in the name of the trust. I tell the clients, the children usually of the clients, look, your father, you know, did a good job by making a trust. The bad news is I got to go probate these two homes or these two pieces of real estate because he, they're in his name, not the name of the trust. It's, 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 it's funny because again, it's one of these things that it sounds like this is not sexy stuff, but this is critically important stuff, right? I mean, this is critically important. Um, you know, when I have an LLC and, uh, now it's a little different cause most are owned by, you know, different types of trust, which we'll get into in a minute, but, um, it, you got to go back and look at your LLCs to make sure again, just cause it's an LLC does not then preclude it from, being part of probate. If you have an LLC with assets or investments, et cetera, it again has to flow into that, uh, that living trust to avoid probate. So, um, okay. So, and, and by the way, again, just to emphasize, it's so easy. Once you get the document, you know, I just bought a couple cars this year and I, you know, I, I was like, well, where should I title these? Well, I just put it in a living trust. Um, and you know, big deal. I use my social security number for anything that information, it's not even like there's a different tax ID. It's just, you know, it just avoids probate. So it's that simple. Okay. Okay. So 
now we, we wanted to make sure we hit that stuff to begin with because I always feel like you know get the basics, get the basics. If nothing else, you didn't know that. Now you know that. That was the price of entrance for this uh, podcast. So um, there's another level, though, uh, Joe, as we, um, so to speak, as we start getting, uh, we start getting trusts involved, right, and and other types of estate planning that's more sophisticated. Um, so from my understanding, that's when you start get, you know, start to get concerned about, you know, as your when you, when your your when your net worth is going up, when you're, when you're starting to accumulate assets. So that's when these issues come up potentially where you start thinking about estate taxes. Now, most people, even in my group, so my investor club, et cetera, um, really didn't need to worry too much about that kind of stuff uh, because, you know, they really didn't kick in these, you know, estate taxes until like if it was a couple, maybe 20 million plus range in net worth. And, you know, most of our people are still probably below below 10 million. And so it didn't really affect them. But something's happening now that that could really change all that. Uh, and it and it and it could be the case that it affects most of the people in, for example, in our investor club or credit investors. Um, and that is the change in when these estate taxes start kicking in. Can you talk about the what you know, sort of the buzz is in the um, right. uh, in this space right now? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we this it kind of reminds me of. 2012 at the end of 2012 we were going through a similar situation but the change the potential change of administration and biden is is the issue and, and biden has come out and said that he doesn't like Trump, trump's tax laws and but what we don't know is we don't know exactly what he's going to do uh we don't and remember he'd have to have, carry the both the uh, Congress and the Senate, if he's going to change Trump's tax laws. Um, but, but he has said that he wants to change his laws in my, um, you know, uh, in my circles, I'm hearing a lot of that. He wants to bring the death tax exemption per person down to three and a half million. Just to give you an idea, it's currently 11.58 million per, per person. So that's yeah. where we get the 20 plus what we were talking about before. Right. You can double that for a married couple. Okay. Um, there's a lot of, you know, um, there's a lot out there that says he wants to bring it down to three and a half million. In fact, um, I, I, I believe that we will probably end up in a, uh, Obama era type, um, a tax exempt, a state tax exemption of between five and 6 million. Um, but what does that mean? Anyways? Yeah, what does okay. that mean? And then, and then how much, you know, how onerous is so, this so tax context here? So you're married, um, you pass, your wife inherits tax for everything. Okay? That's called the unlimited marital exemption. Okay? So spouses don't get taxed. But when the second spouse goes, the heirs, which are you know 90% of the time children, are to pay a death tax within nine months of that death. And what is that? Well, right now it's 40% on every dollar above $11.58 million. Okay. Um, if Biden were to bring that down to three and a half million, then it's, and, and, and I don't know if it's 40 or, I mean, I remember Bernie Sanders campaigning at $1 million death tax exemption at 55% on every part of that. 
Okay. Um, but, but, but what that would mean is our debt tax exemption is going to come down much lower than it is now. So, so a lot of real, particularly real estate heavy families are coming to me and saying, Hey, is there anything I can do between now and December 31st? Cause, cause if, if Biden gets, it takes office, I think it's January 20th or whatever. If he gets anything passed in 2021, it will be made retroactive to January 1st of 2021. So we all have between now and December 31st to examine our estate plans and see if there's any opportunity to move some assets to our children now to avoid debt tax when we pass. And that, how, how do we do that? There's some very sophisticated ways to do it, but the simple way to do it is gift your children now some of your assets, okay, so that they are, don't count against the either 11.58 million or the possible pending three and a half million. Okay. So, so do you understand if you get it out of your estate now, it can grow estate tax free during your lifetime. And then when you pass, you avoid the estate tax. So, um, and this, this is, this is where it gets interesting because when, what you just said, I think makes a lot of people think the same thing. Well, I'm not that old. I don't really want to start you know, giving my money away and not having control of it or not being able to enjoy it and all that. But in fact, that's not really necessarily what you're doing, right? You're not completely giving away control. And there is still some ways in which you can still benefit from, you know, that money. Is that, is that reasonable? Yeah, that, exactly. Let me give you a simple example. Okay. Um, let's just assume you have 5 million or, or let's just use $10 million in real estate. Let's just say it's all in one LLC for simplicity purposes. Will you currently own a hundred percent of that $10 million real estate LLC? How about gifting 30%, which is a minority share to your two children, 15% each. Will you still retain control? Okay, you still get all the benefits of being in control at LLC, but you've now moved $3 million out of your estate to your two children who are minority owners now of, of your LLC. And, and, and let's say you are relatively young and you hold that LLC for another 20 years and that thing appreciates it from $10 million to $20 million and then you pass. Well, you just gave your children $6 million tax-free. There's going to be no estate tax. And, and that becomes valuable over time. And you haven't given up any of your incidences of control. There, um, this is a, I want to talk about something specifically that, um, you know, just in terms of my own planning, I do have and maybe could be useful to um, actually a number of people in this audience because, you know, some of them are similar to me. Um, but the way I'm set up, and maybe you could kind of explain to people what this is because I know you do this as well. Um, is that I have uh, set up um, a Nevada Dynasty Trust, and the Nevada Dynasty Trust has um, the the owners of that trust are basically my um, my three daughters. Their irrevocable trusts, so it's been decanted into there. Right now, um, that that's how I have it set up. Now, the Nevada Dynasty Trust itself holds has a holding company and that's really where I'm the manager and what that allows me to do is is basically to you know invest that money 
if the kids need, you know, if we need to buy a house, um, well, the kids need to live there. So that's fair game, right? We can, we can use that. Can you talk a little bit about that? I don't want to be the lawyer who explains this, but the, yeah. the, it, I find it to be a very, uh, a very useful structure. And, yeah. and I'd like, uh, maybe you could explain that and, and, and see if, you know, to see if people think it might be useful yeah. to them. Dynasty trusts are very helpful for our children for a number of reasons. Um, when I was talking about gifting our children, we typically don't recommend gifting the children directly. We'd rather gift into a trust, okay? And why would we want to use something like a dynasty trust that lasts the lifetime of your child? Well, a few reasons. One is it's asset protected, Um for your child. So for instance, when you your daughter has this real estate and cash inside her dynasty trust, she can, you know, the 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 future ex-husband's not going to be able to get into there. Future creditors on her bad business dealings or her malpractice claim or whatever it is she's exposed to creditor-wise in life will not be able to get into that dynasty trust. Okay, and so the assets are safe inside there. Um, they grow estate tax free inside there. There's some other lifetime tax benefits having it in Nevada, but we do recommend gifting assets out of your estate in an effort to avoid estate tax tax into some kind of a trust, and that dynasty trust is probably you know the most common trust we use. Um. Let me ask you about the nature of things you can transfer into a dynasty trust. You mentioned real estate. Can you transfer um, operating businesses into a dynasty trust? You can transfer anything into the dynasty trust. Um, We just have to have it appraised so we know the value in the event of an audit. Um, We need to have the, the value appraised at the time they were transferring it in. How about this? Another question. Um, and I'm asking some of these questions because they're, they're relevant to me. So I'm, you know, I'm basically getting this, uh, legal advice for free, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, um, how about starting businesses that are owned from day one by the dynasty trust? They have no value to begin with. Can you do that? Um, I, I, one time, um, a, a very, there's a very famous estate planning story that, uh, and it's out there that, uh, Mr. Hughes, the founder of PS public storage, I think he found it in 1981 and, um, he made, he started, he already was pretty independently wealthy, but he started the uh, storage business and he gave his two children I think we're in college at the time. I can't remember the story, but anyways, he gave his two children into trust 50% of PS public storage, which those interests are now worth billions of dollars. Okay. Um, when he passes and he's still around, I think his course just won the Kentucky Derby, but when he passes, his kids will not pay any estate tax on that 50% share of the public storage company, PS public storage. So the answer is yes. You could, you can have a, you can have an active business that is starting, you know, from day one that has no value because it's a startup and you could have membership and grow it into, you know, a big pile of money basically. 
right? That's correct. That's correct. And it'll avoid estate tax. That, that, folks, is really critical. When you start thinking about some of your investments, and Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, okay, on this, because, you know, you, you know there are situations where you are, you know, you may be thinking about doing something for the first time, and, you know, maybe, um, maybe you're already over that threshold of, of where the estate tax might be. You might consider starting, you know, uh, you can still in this situation, I know at least in my dynasty trust, I'm, I'm the manager of the LLCs that owns, um, you know, the, uh, the LLCs owned by the dynasty trust. Now I actually, I don't use that to go out to dinner and stuff or, or vacations, but I can buy real estate because that real estate is ultimately owned by my children. Right. I can buy, you know, a home with that because that's where they're going to live. And it's their home. They own it. Right. And as manager, as manager, you have 100 percent control. Exactly. So I I emphasize that because I literally have had conversations with friends of mine who have, you know, I've said, you know, you got to do something with your estate planning. And I got to tell you, Joe, I don't know if you if you come across this all the time, but you have very sophisticated people, very entrepreneurial types, business types who for some reason, and I think maybe a psychological thing where you're just, you know, worried about, you know, giving everything away. I'm not ready to give everything away. And I'm not, you know, I'm not thinking about dying because I'm, well, I'm, you know, I'm a pretty young guy, but they just, when the, the idea of the word gifting comes up, they, it conjures up these images of sort of, you know, giving it all away, calling it a day, <laughs> You yeah, know, that kind of thing. And it's just not the case, right? No, and and, and, and I, I get that a lot. Like when, when the first reaction to sort of, you know, especially high net worth people giving to their children, and especially if their children are young, um, you know, the first reaction is the connotation of gift. Like, you know, and all of us want our children to, you know, do well in school, get good jobs and work hard, right? this is a different kind of gifting program. This gifting program is into a trust for their benefit. And and the trust could either say, Hey, you can only distribute for needs until let's say age 30, for instance, like housing, medical, or it could be a dynasty trust where it, it could serve their needs for their lifetime. You could even name them as co-trustee at some point. So they have access to the principal who knows, maybe your one of your daughters want to work, wants to work in the real estate business with you, you know, and she, she can help guide your, your job as manager. Um, it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's a program to help you um, take some of your harder assets and pass them down to your children tax free. And right now we're in a climate where um, if the administration change happens, that estate tax is coming down, not just a little bit, probably dramatically, okay? Um, in fact, in California, there's rumblings about California having its own state tax in addition to that federal tax I just talked about. So your own states might have an additional estate tax. You really need to understand if your state has, your, your the state you're residing in has an estate tax, and then the, keep an eye on the federal estate tax. But either way, this is an opportune time to, look at the law and your own estate plan between now and the end of the year and see if there's something appropriate for your children. By the way, I have a seven and a 10 year old who both have these dynasty trusts that I gift into. They have no idea what they have. Okay. Yeah. Neither do mine. (laughs) But but my plan is to, you know, hopefully decades from now, you know, when I pass 
when they are responsible adults, they have access to funds that will come to them tax free and won't be subject to the tax. Yeah. Right, right. Um, a slightly different issue, which I think, again, is important to a number of, of uh, people in our space is, you know, there is a lot of talk about, um, at least in the tax plan, to uh, remove, you know, the um, you know, reset a basis uh, on real estate, uh, yes. you know, uh, after, after, uh, death. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that is for people who might not be familiar and how that might affect them and how some of these things that we've talked about kind of feed into that? Okay. So where do I begin in California? I think we have three new tax propositions on the ballot. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, so, um, as a lawyer um, looking and having read the propositions, two of them I just think are poorly written. Um, one being trying to get rid of the parent-child exemption, uh, uh, property tax exemption under the law. And what that means is in California right now, um, let's just say your parents own a home, your father dies, your mother's living in her property tax basis is 4,000 a year on this million dollar home. Right. Um, when you, when she passes and you inherit the house, you also can inherit a $4,000 property tax exemption. That's called the parent child exemption. Okay. Um, they're, they're, what they're trying to do is get rid of that. Okay. So, so that means, and so I'm getting a lot of calls from parents or, who are like, should I transfer my home to my child now instead of when I die? And the answer is you got to evaluate, you're giving up, and again, this is another tax complex, but maybe your real estate listeners will understand. If you gift the, the home during your lifetime, your child loses the step up in basis. Yeah. But we'll get the property tax exemption. So you got to do a math problem to see which one's more valuable. But as I understand it, Joe, at the national level, one of the potential uh, things that could be eliminated and that's been talked about being eliminated is the step up in basis. Right. And if that were to happen, then it would be like there'd be basically no point. um, I mean, you'd want everything in the trust, right? I mean, there's no value in having it outside the trust anymore. Uh, you're absolutely right, because if they do away the step up in basis upon the death of your parents, you now have a that the date of death is the new valuation of, of the I mean, you, you get your I'm sorry, you inherit your parents uh, basis. So now, you know, if you go and sell the house, you've got a capital gains tax that you will. OK, He's assuming that most people, most children that I represent that inherit the home usually end up selling. Them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, and in that case, you know, they're. Yeah. That creates just a giant mess for real estate investors too, because then presumably the they're they're not gonna the step up in basis whatever depreciation that that the parents took they're gonna end up paying recapture on the way out, uh, recapture on the depreciation along with capital gains. So this is That's a right. gigantic mess, and what I, I the moral of the story here is, um, folks, I think you really really got to start thinking about this and it's not just for the 20 million plus crew anymore. This is a, something that you ought to be talking to Joe. Uh, if you're in California, um, you know, Joe, you're, you're, you're licensed, uh, only in California and you, you generally like to 
see people work with people in their own state when it comes to estate planning attorneys. Is that right? Yes, and, and, and that, that is exactly right, because it's a state-by-state, state, state tax-by-state tax. So you really need somebody in that state to give you proper advice, both on the federal issues like the one you just mentioned that's up for debate and the state issues like the one I mentioned, the propositions on the ballot in California. Right. So, Joe, if we're in California, how do we get, get in touch with you? Um, I'm currently a partner at Glazer Wild. We have offices in Century City, San Francisco, and Newport Beach. Um, we're at glazerwild.com. And, uh, you know, you're w- welcome to, I'm always happy to talk to clients over the phone and give and have the consult over the phone these days to, to see where we're headed. And I expect a lot of consulting going on between now, between November 3rd and the end of the year. By the way, um, if you couldn't remember that, just shoot me an email if you're in California, bucketwealthformula.com, and I'll just forward it to Joe. Uh, people have done that in the past, um, and I, I think that's a great way. What about for people who um, are not in California? We have a nationwide, and frankly, well, we can't do anything for people outside of the country, but at least in this country, um, how do you find a good estate planning attorney? I, I'm a member of a nationwide group called the Wealth Council, and it's wealthcouncil.com. I have find those lawyers to be top notch. I, I, I many times have to consult out-of-state lawyers for my clients because I have a client in California who has a piece of real estate in Nevada, or I need to set up a Nevada trust. And I have yet to not find the very best quality lawyers in that in that grouping. And if you and wealthcouncil.com, there is a directory on there where you can go in and put in your city and state, and then it'll give you a list of lawyers in your area. Fantastic. Well, Joe, I, I want to thank you so much for being on a Wealth Formula podcast again, and and uh, would love to have you at, uh, back again. Uh, I guess once we kind of know definitively what's going on, and and we. And we can kind of deal with the aftermath. <laughs> That's right. I'll see you at November 4th. <laughs> we'll be Thank right back. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Joe Longo. Uh, I think he's a super cool guy. And by the way, he's like a like a sports agent and stuff, too. So that's kind of neat as well. But um, listen, I, I can't emphasize enough uh, the importance of taking some action on on what you heard today. And again, what it comes down to, if you take nothing else away from this show, maybe even any of my shows, take a little bit of time, get yourself a will and a living trust, make sure that everything that you owned is uh, is is essentially owned by those living trusts, and that's the bare minimum of what you need to do. Uh, in my case, as I mentioned, I do use uh, a dynasty trust and a Nevada dynasty trust. And what I do like about that, too, is it essentially creates this ability to uh, essentially, as we talked about before, uh, to own nothing because my children's uh, irrevocable trusts own things. Um, but I control everything. So, you know, it's sort of the best of both worlds while at the same time um, main, maintaining control, having some level of asset protection because these things also get things out of your, uh, your name. So, again, think about it. Talk to Joe. Talk to, you know, one of the estate planning attorneys in Joe's network. 
Um, but take some action because this is really important stuff. Anyway, uh, one last thing I want to remind you, it's been a while since I have, uh, you know, this show really does uh, get, uh, you know, get better and better because we can get guests like Joe, like Tom Wheelwright, like Robert Kiyosaki. And a lot of that is predicated on this idea that we have a lot of listeners, a lot of subscribers, um, and we have a lot of five-star reviews. So if you go to wealthformula.com, you can follow a link to give us a five-star review, make some comments. That would be great. You could also either go to iTunes or Stitcher and do that directly. Uh, and, uh, make sure you subscribe to the show if you haven't. Anyway, that is it for me this week on Wealth Formula Podcast. This is Buck Joffrey signing off. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast. Visit us on the web at wealthformula.com. The information contained in this podcast are opinions, not fact. As always, consult your own financial team before making any investment. See you next time. Buck Joffrey here from Save You with Buck Joffrey. Aging might become reversible over the next 10 to 20 years. It's already being done in lab animals, so it's just a matter of time. Our challenge? To be healthy enough for when that time comes. As a former scientist and surgeon myself, my goal is to figure out how to do that and to share it with you. I wrote a book called Living Longer for Busy People that you can download for free at sapiopodcast.com. You'll be amazed at just how a few daily adjustments can add years of a healthy life for you. Again, download it for free, sapiopodcast.com.